Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Mondo Show. You're watching me through the PTL network all the way from Morningside USA in Studio B. I want to tell you something. You do not want to change the channel. I have a very, very special guest. Lila Rose is going to be joining me in just a few moments to talk about her brand new book, but also to talk about the journey that she has been on with live action organization. I want to tell you something. We are probably in one of the most important times in our nation's history. Maybe the world's history. Our country right now is at a crossroads. Listen, with politics that have taken over center stage, big tech censoring people, silencing the opposition, and right now, our culture has made it very clear where it stands on the issues that are now splitting our nation apart. The question is this, how do we respond and stand to keep our freedom of speech alive? As we are all watching, the woke movement has taken over the new public square. That means the social media space. And we have to ask ourselves, what is true anymore? Everything is being questioned. History is being questioned. Current Issues are being questioned. Listen, I want to ask you this. Where did this fight even begin? The issue of life and death has now been weaponized to the point that families are breaking apart over this issue. Organizations have sold the very moral in which many faith organizations have been built upon. And now this same faith-based organizations are now, get this, being considered the enemy of the state, maybe even now an enemy of the culture that we are a part of today. We are no longer welcome. Faith-based organizations are not welcome in the public square like in the past. Our school system is now reprogramming our children, sexualizing them from a young age. Many believe we are fighting for our life as a nation. As a culture, we just become a people with, I believe, different definition of what is moral today. Well, listen, here to talk about this issues and to talk about her brand new book, which I'm excited about, Fighting for Life, is Lila Rose. She's a writer, a speaker, an activist. Lila founded and serves as the president of Life Action, a human rights nonprofit with the largest, get this, the largest digital footprint over, I think, close, I think it's over 5 million people. I get probably more, but I want to tell you this. Her footprint is global. The pro-life movement not only uh, affects the United States, this is an, a global issue that we are dealing with. Lila is the author of the brand new book, Fighting for Life, Becoming a Force for a Change in a Wounded World. What a perfect title for this moment. She's also the host of the Lila Rose Show, a podcast that tackles relationships, faith, culture, and politics. 
I started listening to her, and I want to tell you something. You're not going to want to miss one of her shows. So important to have her voice, especially in this moment that we're in right now. You know, she has been named among National Journal's 25th most influential Washington woman under 35, and Christianity Today's 33 under 33. I want you to help me welcome writer, speaker, activist, pro-life fighter, a mom, a wife, and a great champion for the unborn. Lila Rose, welcome to my program. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be on. Listen, uh, I, before I get into your book, I got to ask you this. What is the state of our current culture right now? Where are we as a nation? It's a huge and incredibly important question that you're asking. And I will say some challenging things and some encouraging things. So first of all, I agree we are at a crossroads. Our nation is really in a fight over who are we going to be? Are we a country that believes in the dignity of human beings and human rights? Or do we disrespect basic morality? And do we see children as uh, trash that you can throw away when they're pre-born? Um, what do we believe about sexuality? Can anything go? Or are there certain norms and morals that make society healthy? What do we teach our children? Or can we miseducate them and encourage them to be promiscuous and materialistic uh, don't not believing in objective truth and God and not respecting themselves or each other. So I think it's really fundamental, the questions we're wrestling with as a culture. And there are evil forces, I believe, in our world today that are pushing an abortion agenda, um, a, a sexual miseducation and, 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 and deviancy agenda, a godless agenda in our society. The good news is this, though, despite the fact that there are huge forces at play you know, the federal government is extremely pro-abortion. They're very much against absolute truth about morality and about human dignity. Despite the threats that are at stake, uh, the threats that are at play, there is tremendous work being done to renew our country. The abortion rate has been declining for the last 10 years. In the last two years, we've seen unprecedented pro-life laws at the state level. So there have been almost 600 pro-life bills pre pre presented at the state level, dozens of which have passed. And I think we're seeing in the church a real awakening because I think last year with the election, people suddenly realized this is a, a fight over who we are as a country. It's more than just a political election. This is a referendum on do uh, what are we fighting for? What matters most? And we had these two candidates and people took sides, but I think more people than ever turned out to vote. And many Christian people said, we have to take a stand. And so I'm excited for the way that the church is waking up. And I think that there is huge opportunity for renewal if we are willing to use our voice. And that's one of the reasons I wrote my book, Fighting for Life right now, because more than ever, people need activation. They need inspiration and courage to get in the fight because it's a fight for all of us, not just for you and for me. It's a fight for all of us to stand up and fight for a country that is truthful and moral and loving and just. Wow. Listen, you said so much in that opening statement. I hope you are watching. I hope you're listening to Lila Rose, one of the most important voices for our culture right now, for our generation, for you. Lila, I got to go back because this book has been a book that has been a 15-year process or a 15 years in the making, uh, I should say. How did you know that this book was for now? 
It's a good question. I've watched, I've been privileged to be in the trenches over the last 15 years, um, undercover in the abortion industry. I've traveled globally to speak um, before political powers, working with Congress and um, different administration, the administration, the, the Trump administration, and now, you know, there's working against the Biden administration, which is very pro-abortion. And I realize we're at a turning point in our country, um, more than ever, where it seems that the radicalism of the pro-abortion side and the anti-truth side, the anti-morality side is as extreme as ever. And it looks like people are waking up more than ever on the side of truth and wanting to fight for human rights and, and, and human dignity, God-given human dignity. And I saw that the number, thing, the number one thing I was hearing from people was, how do I get involved? Um, you know, I, I feel this fear or these doubts because people I think will come out against me. I'm afraid of what my family or my employer will say. Um, my church is not activated enough. What do I do? And so I thought, okay, now more than ever, um, I have the experience, you know, I, I was too young to write this 10 years ago. I have the experience now, and I see this as the moment now for people to get in the fight. So that inspired me to write Fighting for Life as a guidebook for people to stand up and get in the fight. See, that's why I love your book. Most books out there, they can get you lost on the first chapter. Your book, I found it that it gave me the information. More than that, it gave me the practical steps on how to reorganize my vision, on how to help people, uh, organize my dreams and my goals to be able to put in place and know what steps to start out with. That's why you got, listen, everyone watching right now, you got to go get this book. The name of the book is Fighting for Life, Becoming a Force for a Change in a Wounded World. I want to, there's so many questions that, I wanted to ask you, but I, I took my time to boil down to what I'm about to ask you right now, because most people may not understand how we got here. And the issue of abortion is still a debate. But I got to ask you, why are we still dealing with the issue of abortion? How do we how, did, how in the world did we get here and got stuck on this issue? It's a really good question. So think about it. Our country was founded on the right to life, right? Our Declaration of Independence says that all men are endowed by their creator with life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And we haven't always lived up to these ideals. So we had slavery in this country. We had the horrific stain of institutionalized racism. But we've tried to work through that. We've tried to abolish slavery. We're trying to work through these evils. In 1973, in this last century, we instituted a new evil. We suddenly said, and this was seven men on the U.S. Supreme Court, so the highest um, court in the land, and, we and they made a decision for the whole nation and said that a child in the womb isn't a child, that they don't have human rights, that instead a woman, a mother, has the right to kill her unborn child, and that this is a constitutional right. So they stripped away the first human right, which is life, from children who are the most vulnerable members of society. And they did it in the name of rights. It's a lie that they, they told for the nation. And since then, over 60 million children, 60 million boys and girls have been slaughtered in the womb. And so when you say, how did we get here? How did a country that was working on uh, transformation, that was working on, um, on, on reformation, how did a country like this institute a new horrific human rights abuse, even worse, you could argue, than slavery? 
because of the sheer death toll. 60 million children killed legally in this country. We have hundreds of these killing centers, set up abortion clinics, where you can take children up to nine months old. In some states, in, in, in eight different states, you can have an abortion through nine months. How did we get here? And I'm going to say two things of how we got here. Number one, we got here because of something called the sexual revolution. So you might be familiar with this, but in the mid-20th century, so about 70 years ago, there was this movement to liberalize, to change the way we saw sex as a society. Before, it was common to see that sex was something you have in marriage, it can lead to children. There were certain morality, a moral code that society accepted around sex. And it was looked down on to have sex outside of marriage. It was seen as not the right step, not the right thing. And I think there was some unnecessary shaming. I think ultimately we need to celebrate a, a woman who's pregnant no matter how she gets pregnant because that's a life. But overall, the morality of marriage and sex go together, babies and sex go together. This was a good morality. But then there was this movement to say, no, sex is about pleasure and consent only. So basically, there's a new morality in town, which says that all that sex is about is don't rape. And But, but as long as you don't rape, as long as you consent um, and say, yes, I want to have sex, then you can have sex with anybody. You can, you know, if you want, you can have multiple sexual partners. You can have sex when you're young, old, and you shouldn't have children. You are owed sex without kids. Well, how do you get sex without kids? People will say, well, contraception, just go take, you know, take, take the a birth control pill, you know, use protection. People will say, guess what? 50% of the people who have abortions, this is according to Planned Parenthood, the biggest abortion chain, their research arm, 50% of the women going in for abortion were using contraception or their partner was using contraception the month they got pregnant. So contraception, we know for a fact fails. What happens then to these people that say they're not ready for a child, they're entitled to sex without children? That's why we have abortion. We have abortion because our society has embraced a lie about sex. We have said that sex is not connected to giving, creating new life. It should not be. And so adults have the right to sexual pleasure without responsibility, without commitment, without children. And so what do you do then? If you get pregnant and you're not wanting to be pregnant, you should go have an abortion. That's the, that's the deal that our society has struck. The other reason we have abortion is because of Planned Parenthood. They've been around 100 years. They are very powerful. They have $2 billion in their reserves. They get a half a billion dollars from taxpayers every year. They helped elect Joe Biden. They help elect every pro-abortion candidate. And as long as they have the power that they have, it will be very hard to eradicate this legalized killing of children. Oh, my. Wow. Listen, my brain is going bananas right now, if I can say that. I grew up in the inner city of Los Angeles, East L.A., to be exact, as one of the members of, a lead member of one of the most notorious gangs in Los Angeles. I never understood, Lila, why we started seeing Planned Parenthood coming to our neighborhoods. They didn't explain what it was. All we knew is that at one moment, some of our homegirls, some of our, you know, the girls that were part of our gang were pregnant one moment, and a few hours later, they were like nothing happened. We started finding out that they went to this clinic, what they call family planning clinic, where they fixed these problems. 
I have to understand this because maybe it's my, my intellectuality, right? But I want to understand what is the agenda of Planned Parenthood? What's really going on inside that place? Because we don't know about it. We just hear about the good parts. And what is it about them that is so intriguing that we don't know about? So I've been investigating Planned Parenthood. I started going undercover in their clinics when I was actually a student at UCLA, a college student. And then since then, Live Action's built a team of investigative reporters, and we have Live Action News. And there's a lot that the public doesn't know about Planned Parenthood. First of all, they say that they're this women's health organization, right? Uh, they say that they're for women. What they really are is the biggest abortion chain. So they kill a thousand children, almost a thousand children every single day in America. They're the biggest abortion chain. Their abortion numbers have been going up over the past 10 years. Uh, overall, the national abortion rate has been declining. I think that's because of pro-life efforts. People are educated. People have more respect for life and themselves. But Planned Parenthood's abortion numbers have gone up. They're focus in a community is build relationships with young people, especially young women, because they want to be the go-to place for abortion. What they do is they sexualize kids. They are in schools teaching masturbation, teaching sexual exploration, teaching sexual deviancy to young kids, telling them their bodies and they should just explore and they should just have sexual pleasure. There's no morality. They don't teach any morality. All they teach is consent. So it's saying, don't rape. As long as you don't rape anybody, as long as you're not raped, anything goes for sex. That's, that's, their, that's their morality. And the problem with this is it doesn't work like that because you can get pregnant when you have sex because sex forms bonds, deep bonds with another person, emotional, spiritual bonds. They don't tell kids any of that. Instead, they're miseducating kids because guess what? When children have sex, when young people have sex, when college students you know, hook up or have sex, there will be pregnancy that results. And what happens to these new babies? Then Planned Parenthood says, just come here. Come have an abortion. We'll take care of it for you, right? And that's why they're committing and they're profiting millions and millions of dollars on a thousand abortions a day. And I'll say one other thing too. There's a, this is the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot of other abuses at abortion clinics. I've seen firsthand another element of the abuse is they cover up sexual abuse because sexual abuse survivors Young girls who are victims of abuse are taken to abortion clinics by their abusers typically. They want to have uh, get rid of the evidence of their crime, this new baby. And so they actually will take their girls, these young victims or sex trafficking victims, to abortion clinics that don't ask questions, right? They don't want to have a report made. And Planned Parenthood is required by law to make a report for any suspected child abuse. I went undercover myself for the first time in Los Angeles, posing as a underage girl, a very young girl with a much older boyfriend, statutory rape, saying, I'm, I need help. What do I do? I'm pregnant. And instead of reporting it and helping me, like they're required by law, two Planned Parenthoods told me that they wouldn't tell anybody. One told me to lie about my age on the paperwork, say that I was older, I was 16, so that they wouldn't report anything and they would give me secret abortions. This is just another element of how these abortion clinics don't care for women or girls. They're really about their abortion numbers. Lila, how do we stop this? How, I, I got so many questions, honestly, that I can ask you because they're important questions. You don't have to ask this one, but this is the question I wanted to ask you. Why are we obsessed with 
sexualizing our kids? Why are we obsessed with sex? Why are we so obsessed? But the key is this, who's leading this movement? I mean, you got to understand people. There's always somebody leading this movement. There's always somebody leading an agenda that we don't understand. If it sounds good, if it looks good, someone is behind this movement. My time is running away from me on this interview, and I want to get to the solution. By the way, listening, you got you to gotta go get this book. Fighting for Life is the brand new book from writer, speaker, activist, pro-life fighter, Lila Rose. Brand new book out right now. You got to go get this book. I'm going to put the link on the screen. I'm going to put it on social media. Everyone hearing my voice, everyone watching this program, if you want to know what to do, buy the book. You want to make a difference in this type of issue? Where do you start? Get this handbook in your hands. Get this information in your hands. Here you have someone that started an organization when she was younger called Live Action. You can go to her website, get all the information that you need in your hands. If no one is starting a movement in your town, in your church, in your city, in your inner circle, you start it. Why? Because the babies depend on you. They depend on me. They depend on the fact that we can bring this information into your hand. You got to get this book. I know I say it every week, but we are living in probably one of the most dangerous time in America because social media is so powerful that we get information within seconds. We have information that changes the culture by the day, by the hour, by the second. Everyone is changing their mind. They change their, their, their pose. They like this. They hate that. We are in a world where information is flying so fast that we can't even catch up on it. But the one thing that doesn't change is the fact that Planned Parenthood has made it clear our culture has made it very clear on what their agenda is all about. Lila, I just got a few more moments left. What is the answer? How do we stop this war that is going on against motherhood, against family, against babies? What is, what is the key? What is the answer? The answer is, and this is God's mercy. He made you. He made me. Everybody listening, you're listening for a reason. The answer, it sounds scary, but with God, anything is possible. The answer is us. We are his hands and feet. He put us at this time, this unique moment of danger, as you say, and struggle for a reason. He gave you specific gifts, even our weaknesses. God can use our weaknesses. I talk about this a lot in Fighting for Life, all my struggles and weaknesses. God will use them. But what do we do? We have to say, God, use me. I prayed this when I was a young girl starting live action, 15 years old. God took me on an adventure. You go out, take one little step out in faith. And you say, God, use me. I'm concerned. My heart is burdened. Let your heart be burdened. And then go to God and say, use me. Fighting for Life, my book is a, an inspiration and a guidebook. There's so many resources out there for you. Liveaction.org is another place to start. But you have a role to play. You are part of the solution. And if together we stand up, we can change the course of our history. But we must step up and say, God, use me. Here I am. And get to work. I got, before you leave, I just got to ask you this because I want you to know something, people. The moment you start reading this book from the moment you, she dedicated this book to a very, very special person in her life, it grabs your attention. 
Can you talk about why did you dedicate this to someone very special in your life? You can go ahead and tell them who she is, but it got me. I mean, the dedication got me. The opening statements got my attention. And I want you to share that because it's so important, people, that you understand this is just not another book. This is not just another story on, on the issue of abortion. This is life or death that is taking place. We have to bring, bring it into the forefront of our conversation. But it started by this story. Can you share that real quick? I'd love to. So I've dedicated Fighting for Life, my book, to my sister. And my sister, Katarina, she fought for life in a way that is different than my fight for life. She was the sister I prayed for years from for from God. I finally got her at nine years old. My parents had her. We saw I saw her ultrasound picture on the refrigerator. I share in the book and she, you know, is, is proud of her story now, but she shares and I share her story of how she tried to take her life multiple times and she fought for her life. Then she had an unplanned pregnancy and she fought for the life of her baby and she chose life for her son and it changed her forever. It actually was healing for her. And now she's married. She has her second baby. She's fighting for life in a new way. And I share that because we all have struggles in every family, in every life. We all have weaknesses. We all have, uh, you know, gifts that God gave us. And no matter where you are or who you are or what you've been through, God has a fight, a beautiful fight for your life and for the lives of others if you're willing to step into it. So Katarina's my hero. My sister's my hero. Um, she did what the bravest thing any mother could do. She fought for her baby and said yes, even though there was pressure around her to abort um, from society and from the fears in her own heart. And she is an example of what it, what saying yes can do. Yes to God, yes to a child, how it transforms not just you, but the lives of the people around you. And I hope that it's inspiration for you too and your family, that no matter what we're going through, we can take a stand and we can be that, that answer for others to help save lives. There you have it. My special guest was Lila Rose. She's an author. She's a writer. She's an activist. But more than that, she's a fighter for life. 15 years in the making, this book is out right now. You got to get the book. Pass it around to people around you. Get the family and friend offer. Get the baker's dozen. I don't care what you got to do. You got to start somewhere and you start by reading and passing this information out. Fighting for Life is the brand new book from Lila Rose. You're not going to be disappointed. I guarantee you, you can go and listen to her podcast. Listen, you can even go to live action website and get information about how you can become involved in this movement. It's time that we can stick together. It's time that we unite all of our forces financially or voice or, or, or inner circles or circle of influence, whatever you want to call it. We must become one voice. Together, we can do this. The Bible says that I came to give life and life abundantly. Man, I want to be a part of that movement. I got to go. But listen, get the book, go to the website, listen to her podcast, support this mission, get behind this organization that is changing lives around the world. We can do it together. I know we can I got to go, but until next time, keep on fighting. Fight for life. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.
when you talk about the Holy Spirit, you are talking about God in the present tense, in the present now, with you and I. The Holy Spirit is the manifester of God's words. Listen, this is how Mary conceived. She conceived the word, but like the uh, angel Gabriel said, it is the Holy Spirit who will infuse you, empower you, come upon you, and cause the word to be manifest. 